0: Hi and welcome to Soulscape. I'm Jodie, the founder of Solstice, and I'm joined by Bee and Audrey as we continue our Arcana series. Our Arcana series is where we use the tarot cards to facilitate conversations about life, growth and transformation. Today we are looking at the 10th
1: Fourteenth. Night four <laughs> I'm like thirteenth? I'm like tenth? What?
0: How did I get ten from this X. X and three? At the We're looking at the fourteenth card. Um, that is number thirteen. That is number thirteen.
1: Yes. And it is death. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Speaking of transformation. Well
0: like, I already Speaking gave it a transformation. <laughs>
1: I already gave it a
0: stereotypical sound. I went, death. Oh. Yeah, death. Does it mean that? It doesn't
2: necessarily mean that, but I'm already getting, you know, like Friday the 13th vibes? 13th number, thir- the number 13, there we go, is cursed. It is. Is it not? Yeah.
1: It, well, you know. Kind of. I don't know how to throw the word cursed around here, but, you know, bad omen Okay. vibes.
2: Bad omens.
1: Yeah. My house number's 13, so hee hee. Hee hee fun. I think it's haunted, so... But like one
2: and three makes four, and four is a nice number.
1: Yeah,
2: cool. Well, we flipped what it. Was my favorite
0: number. I see fours everywhere.
2: Yeah, mm. I remember that. Mm. Four is a nice number. I quite like it.
0: Mm.
2: We're in the also right now when we're recording. We're in the fourth month. We're in April.
0: Ah.
1: It's the fourth of April.
2: We're on the fourth of April. <gasps> fourth of the fourth. A fourth yes. of the fourth. Wow, look at
0: us.
1: The time is now one one two two.
0: Mm. Okay. I love that. And it's 2023, which is 2-4-5-6-7. 1 plus 7 is 8. <laughs> eight So <to> 2-4's. <two laughs> <fours. laughs> we can really make anything fit, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> we, could,
2: we could make anything feel like synchronicities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it is. It is, I swear.
2: <laughs> but the death card, this is very... I'm, I'm excited to, to let our... Uh, in house tarot specialist expert extraordinaire be take us away soon with with this card but already i know this you know the word death the concept death is scary for many uh, and will bring a lot of negative connotations so i'm kind of curious as to what will come from exploring this card in all of its senses and maybe not in just the dark
1: Dreary. Mm. Sense. Yeah. I was wondering if we were all doing a little bit of avoidance at the beginning. We were kind of like,
2: Let's make it light, let's make it fun. <laughs> no, One thousand percent. Up. I'm so avoidant with death. Mm. I avoid it every day. Yeah. Which
1: <laughs> is you know.
2: But well yeah, there's um there's good. some definitely some
1: archetypes of how we respond to death in this card, which we can definitely look into as we go into it. I have many thoughts on this card.
0: Mm. I don't I'm really I I don't feel like I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of pain if death mm. is related to pain. But mm. I don't feel afraid of death really. Weirdly, really,
1: do I? I'm literally not scared of death at all. Mm. I'm a word.
0: We need
2: we need people
1: like you guys. <laughs> I have a nice I have a nice parable about um about death, which I'll talk about later on. Um, exciting yeah it's... well i'm
2: excited to challenge some of my fears because i might be yeah. holding some fears that some audience members are holding as mm. well and equally some might be in your guys's boat where you don't have as much fear and maybe bring a bit more exploration curiosity to this card mm. Rock and
1: roll. Well, less avoidance yeah without further ado let's plunge right in
2: boom boom cold plunge
1: okay so um dear reader dear listener welcome to death finally so yeah we are card number 13 technically um a bad omen as we all might think but maybe not as bad as you know we are led to believe so traditionally the death card is maybe not representing a physical death but this is all about um big sudden transformations um you know big energetic shifts you know, Moldavite crystal energy. Mm. You know, whoa, something's changed. And how are you with those big transitions? How are you with those big changes? Depicted in this card is a skeleton coated with black armor, riding a white horse with some kind of scary red eyes. I just had deja vu, which is weird. Um, And... Death has a red feather in his, in his armor. Other notable figures who have red feathers in their hats is the Fool, and also the Sun, who we haven't quite come to yet. Also worth noting that these figures' feathers are a little bit more erect than this one. This feather's a little bit flaccid, but red feathers are all about rebirth and resurrection. So Death in some decks carries a, like a Scythe, you know, like the Grim Reaper in The Sims, who has that big mm-hmm. stick with a... Yeah. On the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> makes it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you I know what I'm sound. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gardening tool, basically. Yeah. Um, but this one, he carries a black flag with a white rose on it and the white rose symbolizes purity. Quite a lot of black and white imagery in this card, so the skeleton's armor is also black, which is all about how he's basically invincible. You cannot stop this this figure. The white horse, again, pure white horse, all about movement, you know, you can't stop this horse. In the background, we have a rising sun in betwixt two towers very reminiscent of the moon card which we'll come to later so there's this kind of like foreshadowing of another card in the background Mm. which is something I've always found really intriguing about this card and just sort of the general story of this so it's like you know we're on one side of a scene and then the moon depicts you know this kind of the other side of these towers in a way behind death on his horse there's um, a river floating river which, as we know, she comes from the high priestess. This is, you know, the river of intuition, of feeling. And then in the foreground, we have four figures. And, yeah, quite hard to see. But we have the bishop who is pleading with death for his life, maybe hoping that he'll get some sort of free Eternal. pass because of his, you know, religious devotion. his religious devotion. The, we have... yeah. the technical term. <laughs> yeah. We have the woman who just can't stand to look at death. She doesn't want to.
2: I'm raising my hand. (laughs) We've got the child
1: (laughs) just in front of her who's staring up in awe at death. You know, has an open mind, but, you know, is kind of alone in this. Not really being held, but, you know, definitely in awe. Mm. And then we've got the king who's just rolled over and he's absolutely just taken it. And his crown's fallen off his head.
2: Where is mm. the king laying on the
0: ground? There. Just lying on the ground there. There's his little head and his little hair. There you go. I can't see him. Oh, he's up. oh I yeah. thought that was a river, and yeah, the, his white thing was the waves at the end of the river. Ooh. No, that yeah,
1: the river's just behind. It, behind. It's them. the
0: same colour as the river. Like yeah, the, the thing over him. Yeah. Interesting. His robe.
1: That robe <laughs> So, you know, these figures are basically just the kind of archetypes for how people respond to drastic changes. You know, which one do maybe we all relate to the most. Mm. Personally, sometimes I feel a bit like the king, <laughs> who's just like, yeah, go on. Mm. Take me. <laughs> Take me, drastic change. I don't care.
2: I feel like I've found myself in each of them at some point in time. mm
1: yeah, and ultimately death stops for no one. It might seem cruel, but it yeah, doesn't matter me. if you are, you know, you're religious, you know, to a fault, you don't want to see it, you know, you're intrigued by it, or, you know, you're just willing to roll over and let it happen. It's going to come for all of us eventually. And you know, how do we how do we reconcile that within ourselves? because the whole thing about this is that you know we're only able to be here in a sense because you know those before us have have died and they've you know given us the space to exist now and we're going to have to give people the space to exist in the future in whatever way they will and that's just that's the same with you know even the little microcosms in our life things need to die things need to change in order for new things to to grow and come up and this is you know this is what the white flower is all about so death comes as this kind of bad omen but he's waving this flag of you know trust me this is a good thing it might not seem like a good thing but well you know not good but this is this is this is the rebirth this is what has to happen mm.
0: this is really interesting mm. i find it interesting to look at that because i was just just of death you have like this preconception of what you're going to talk about or what you're going to what it represents but the um the different figures like they're not sort of wanting to acknowledge it it's like the change is going to happen no matter what in, in my mind this is what i'm thinking the change is going to happen no matter what and if you kind of like the woman who's not really looking at it it's like, well, it's going to happen, and if you're not looking at it and trying to pretend it's not going to happen, then you won't be as prepared as you should be to help help it flower into whatever it's going to flower. And like the the, the um, king lying down, it's like giving in to it, but then not really having a part in it. It's like, it makes me feel like, it's kind of just, yeah, just let whatever happened happen, but... I, I'm one of it makes me want to sort of him to get up and be part of it and nurture it and create it and jump get more involved with what's gonna yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
2: jump on the back yeah hold, hold death around his waist
1: <laughs> <laughs> right off into the sunset yeah
0: <laughs> like, <"Bow."> like, like, <laughs> really like a lasso, go, yeah, with
1: the lasso. yeah lasso I lasso, love- lasso. <laughs>
2: Like, um, you know, his hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> I love this image. But yeah, I was seeing that I, for research for this episode, I was looking into some common like defense mechanisms and stuff around loss or grief. Different kinds of grief it can come from any kind of big changes in life, even small changes. It's some kind of loss of something and usually follows in a new beginning of some sort. mm I was looking at the certain kinds of defense mechanisms and, you know, so many things can be defense mechanisms for loss and grief, but some common ones, some of it is like magical thinking. So Mm. like we have the power to avoid, you know, like somehow we can avoid this loss or this grief. It often comes in uh, thinking about ecological grief, climate crisis, and this kind of magical thinking of, of there's a kind of desperation that there's an alternative to this reality. And, uh, as opposed to dealing with what the loss conjures up, like what that conjures up in you, there's also like projection as well. Like I'm fine. Everyone else is the one that's anxious and sad (laughs) around me. Everyone else is, you know, angry and resentful. And these kinds of anxieties can also be like projected. Yeah. Just outward to anyone else. And that makes me think about externalization as well of kind of pushing, this loss and grief and sadness so far away from you or this mourning so far away from you get it get it outside mm-hmm. it's not inside me it's outside it's outside and then also denial and we can definitely see this in in this card as well mm. and two forms of denial the first being negation so a denial of truth so absolutely no this isn't happening that's a, this is not true this is not reality or disavowal a delusion distortion of the truth with an inability to think. And all of these are really, um, mature, astute defense mechanisms they are all really complex and like smart, quite intelligent, like defense mechanisms that us as humans, we've been able to create, to try to attempt to get us around the real thing, which is death in all of its forms. And I just think it's really interesting where we go and the lengths we jump to to avoid mm. this thing, and I'm definitely a part of that in a lot of ways, things that I would like to work on, you know.
1: Well yeah, so it sort of stops it from overwhelming us, because you know, even in pictorially in this card, you know, death is enormous compared to the other figures. He's so much bigger. You know you look at that little child and who's about to be stomped on by the horse's hoof and you know it's this it's the same size as that tiny little bit of the horse's you know forearm yeah a little calf the horse's calf (laughs) i'm very intrigued by all of those defense mechanisms especially pertaining to grief i just i yeah i had this image of when you said denial the old phrase of denial is a river in egypt and there is literally a river floating through this card Mm. could be denial Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah this um
0: it interests me that when you said that it's got the feather and that's in the fall and the sun which we haven't got to but the fall is it it when you were talking would you made me think of when we went back when we were at the fall and it's like do they jump off does he jump off the cliff or not um, and what's off the cliff might be really exciting and like here the next thing that can only happen if you close that first chapter and have that ending have that death of that thing at the moment you can't move forward but the thing you're moving forward to because it's kind of unknown of what will happen what, what path it could take mm-hmm it's safer to stay where you are and then um, so people feel uneasy with change with something ending with the next thing um, because it's uncertain and uncertainty seems to breed fear um, rather than curiosity Mm. and why does it breed fear is that because we just we don't feel safe in our environment, in our world, in our society, or is it human nature to stop yourself going into a risk?
2: Mm-hmm. Is it, it can yeah? Be so individual. I was thinking about B. I don't know if you've come across this in your training, but in a in my psychotherapy training, we've obviously talked about the importance of beginnings and endings. And when we were on our kind of module where we were discussing endings and this is, this is basically connecting the ending of therapy, the ending of the therapeutic relationship to all of our individual relationships, to endings and loss, because that's what the end is in therapy. So you have to really consider the client you're working with and what is, uh, how they want to end, what the best way is for them to end, to end in a way that honors them, the relationship, but also hopefully doesn't enact past trauma of endings and loss. And when we were think when we were asked to consider endings first before we even started ending with our clients we were asked to think about movies, TV shows, I think it was mostly movies and books actually. Think about movies and books that you have watched or reread a lot. Or maybe you haven't, but think about ones that stand out that you really, really like the ending. Maybe think about a few. And what is the relationship between those endings? Are they kind of similar? Are there ones that you tend to gravitate towards? And equally, are there any movies or books that you actively avoid the ending, that you actively, like, you turn it off, you don't watch it? So interesting. And it says a lot about our own personal relationships to endings. And when I reflected on mine, I realized, wow, I really, really like movies and books. I don't read that much, but <laughs> movies specifically that end in celebrations. I love celebratory endings. Mm. I wanna see a wedding, I wanna see a party, I wanna see a prom, I wanna see some kind of dance number in the end. And how, how I registered that is A, I put a lot of pressure on endings to be pleasant and happy and fulfilling and, and provide closure and kind of perfect and b at the same time what happens if that doesn't happen how do i respond to that there's endings in movies that i rather not watch like titanic are you kidding me <laughs> you think i want to watch that happen do you think i want to watch tragedy no and some people really not that they enjoy watching it but they will they endure the pain of that because it's important because it means something because you know and i think it's imp- it's interesting i don't know if you guys have any ideas of either your personal or if you know anybody in your life that you're like wow they really repeat these endings or I really love when a
0: movie ends like this or that or yeah what, what, saying when you're talking I, I find movies or books much more enjoyable when the ending is like there's there can be a continuan, continuance from mm-hmm. a little conu- the continuation, yeah, continuation. <laughs> from it that um I find it a bit like, eh, like a bit boring if everything works out or just everything is comes to an end um whether it's a good or bad ending it's just like yep that's the end mm-hmm. and I'm like oh okay I kind of want mm-hmm. another like something else to there be a um an invitation that there's go, there's something else mm-hmm. underlying that could continue or something yeah on. something continue somewhere that it's not just there's like a bubbling of something
2: oh I like that mm.
0: so I wonder what that means I don't I don't dislike the other one but I, I feel a bit like maybe bored
2: yeah maybe it's about the it's not realistic actually to have a definitive ending is it yeah new things bubble up after endings mm. and so maybe there's maybe your boredom or rejection of it is or some kind of however you feel about it might be about no come on we know something else happens give it to us a little bit you know like let let the let the bubbles continue because that's what's realistic
0: yeah you know and I guess when I think about myself I'm always sort of even though I love to chill and love to just be I'm always sort of thinking about maybe the next project the next idea the next place to go to Mm -hmm. to travel so even though I'm quite chilled, that there's always that kind of, the, what's the next thing?
2: Mm-hmm. I guess, and my question to that also would be, and to anybody that resonates with that mm. would be, do you give enough time and space for the actual
0: ending of it before you move on? Probably not, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. I quite like an ending where, I mean, when I was a child, I always used to end things with, and they woke up and it was just a dream. Oh, this kind of like uh-huh. weird circling back. Mm. So it, I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of control over those kind of endings. It's like something's happened. This mm-hmm. whole thing's happened, but it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And now we're back into this. Yeah. Story the, conscious, where, the unconscious. The
2: conscious, yeah. The unconscious.
1: That has a little bit of continuation to it. But it's like, yeah, none of that was real. That was all a complete wow. illusion.
0: And then there's this reality. Then a dream yeah. again. And then is it continuing? Yeah. Further?
1: So this kind of like. Uh, Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conscious and unconscious death, mm-hmm. birth. It's interesting because um, on the tree of life, this there is there's a there's a transformation for death, but there isn't one for like birth. Mm. But that's because the the Kabbalistic tree of life think well just general Kabbalistic thoughts consider birth and death to be the same transition mm-hmm. which leads me to my parable oh here we go if um if we're interested and the parable is um it's called a conversation in the womb and it's about um life after delivery and it's a hypothetical conversation that two babies um, are having in the womb and they're talking about whether or not um, life after birth is possible and starts off by one says to the other do you believe in life after delivery hypothetically and the other one's like no like Mm. you know um, obviously not you know how, how could there be this is it this is everything we know <laughs> like what kind of life would it be after delivery and the other one's like well I don't know maybe maybe there'd be it would be a bit lighter than it is here it might look different maybe we'd I don't know we'd eat with our mouths walk with our legs we'd have you know senses that we just didn't have here and the other one's like ah bollocks to that <laughs> not true <laughs> we have this umbilical cord like this umbilical cord does everything like eating with your mouth like that's the dumbest idea i've ever heard like we eat through our belly buns you utter fool what are you talking about and then the other one is like well you know maybe there is something and maybe it's just really different to here and the other one's like Puh well, no one's ever come back, have they? After being born, so <laughs> how do you know for sure? You just can't say that, so this is just it. I, I believe after we're born, there's nothing. So we just end. <laughs> and then the other one's like, well, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't just lead to nowhere. Like maybe we maybe we get to meet mum. And then the other one's like, you believe in mum? Like, where is she? <laughs> like, I can't bloody see her. She's not here. That's so funny. And then the other one's like, well, I don't know, like sometimes, you know, if you're if you're silent and, you know, you just listen, you can sometimes hear her voice. You can sometimes feel her around you if you're just, you know, if you just chill for a minute. And then the other one's like, well, I don't see her. So, yeah, logical that she doesn't exist. And the moral of the story is, if only they knew what was waiting for them. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: On the other side.
2: <laughs> I like that we're positioned as like the knowing beings <laughs> in this scenario. Yeah. It's like we get to we're usually the unknown you know, we don't know what happens after mm. this life, you know. And now we get to know what they're talking about. We get to know what's yeah. what's on the other side for them and how the concept of life is so is so different. The concept of what what is living? You know, what are different lives, what are different beings of existence. It reminded me for some reason of your um I don't know if you want to share this, but I'm gonna say it and then if you wanna cut it <laughs> like out, you can cut it out. <laughs> but your um your newt past life, your past life as a newt.
1: Yeah, bloody hell. That's intense. <laughs> I um my recent past life was as like a newt, I, I did something wrong in my past life before that, <laughs> something bad. I know I did, <laughs> and I had this horrible past life as in like some decrepit creature. We call it a newt, but it's there isn't that. really like a word it's for like it in reek. this type. Ta- just some kind of like me, me, me. It made like I made like a I don't know. It's just a bit like decrepit. and I had this like grand master that I was like oh, God. a slave to, but I was horrible. bound in this dimension like way below the earth to this horrendous frightening creature (laughs) and then um (laughs) yeah died came here Mm. I remember having like a really intense like nightmare about it as a child and it was like oh my god I'm back there and then I was like no I'm not I'm here like god for that
2: it's like the idea that this you know you as a newt this this past life didn't know what this next life exactly it's going to be
1: yeah and it's like the fear that Newt had just in that split second before being squished mm. and now I'm here and it's like oh don't take me back there
0: no please
2: <laughs> yeah it, you even your um. your view of this card from the beginning just gives me eighth house energy Scorpio vibes
1: this card is ruled by Scorpio boom, stagnant easy. bodies of water like big creation in there yeah. but also kind of scary like is yeah. it a crocodile or is it a lovely
2: what's brewing bit of frog spawn exactly what's brewing in the swamp yeah this is brewing in the swamp yeah uh things that can kill you <laughs> um yeah things that can give you life mm-hmm. you know, there's tadpoles there's mm-hmm. lots of weird junk in the swamp yeah and eighth house energy is is about transformations endings change taboos of life birth death sex rebirth and so from an astrological point of view if you want to get closer to this card or maybe understand your your relationship to uh these concepts more you can kind of look at what's in your eighth house if there's any planets in your eighth house and what sign is in your eighth house in your chart you'll have to know your uh, time of birth for this and you can look at your natal chart google that Check out what's your 8th house and then Google that. So for instance, if you have like Aries in your 8th house, you can search Aries in the 8th house. You know. What if you have no planets in the 8th no house? So what
1: sign do you have in the 8th house? What if you don't have anything in the 8th house? You'll have a
2: sign. You'll always have a sign in the 8th house. Every house will have a really? sign ruler. Huh? Like, really? Right
1: around the edge. Yeah.
2: The... yeah. So if you what don't have any it? planets, no worries. You look at the sign in the 8th house and you can check what planet rules that sign. And then you check where the planet is which house it's in and then it's the ruling planet of that house sorry that's a bit complicated for, for our tarot <laughs> <Got> it. <episode. laughs> yeah, yep, apologies. For it. Okay. but, but the, the girls that get it will get it <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any any questions yet you can look it up but there's lots of googles full of this information too but you might be able to see what for instance i can't think off the top of my head but now i, I will go back and ones. look at my natal chart because clearly i have some issues clearly i have some control issues over over this this concept of of death you know and i actually think maybe my north node is somewhere around here
0: Mm.
2: so it makes sense but it's you can do that without astrology as well like i said you can look at movies you can look at books any kind of stories that replay in your life or in media that you consume what you know what's your relationship to endings yeah. It's huge. What's your relationship to transformation? Do you let yourself grow and transform and change? And do you honor the endings? Do you
1: honor all the endings of life? Day-to-day endings. What does it look like to honor an ending? Mm-hmm. A little ritual, little ceremony. You, you know. can even
2: do like a nighttime routine. And yeah. that can honor the ending of a day. Exactly. And that's a really simple way of doing that. Honor the endings of the day. And then you might want to honor the beginnings of the day. mm because by honoring the beginnings you are also honoring the ending. You mm-hmm. know? I've got the sun
0: and Mercury in my eighth. Sun and Mercury. And
2: yeah. That one is that so Gemini. Yeah. Gemini. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that you aren't afraid of death.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: it's the sun is your essence, your being, your day to day. It's not very complicated. Mercury is how you communicate. So you exist in this space of of acceptance of that's what that those are the life cycles. And that's what it's going to be. And Mm. also I can talk about it. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and I think about it. And uh, other people will have their own relationships to that. And it will feel a lot more daunting. You know, I'm speaking from my personal experience, but I'm sure other people are like this out there. But it doesn't feel day to day for them. This feels like deep, deep processing things to avoid. But for you, you're like, no, this is part of life. And it's also part of everyday life. Mm -hmm. And equally you know since you brought up your patterns of what you like in in stories and stuff of endings how can you honor those endings even more Mm. you know i think we can all work on
0: different kinds of relating to our endings and to Mm. death because when i think about it i think i can almost maybe before the ending even happens i move on to the next thing Mm. so i don't properly have that ending because i'm fine to go off to the next thing yeah but then maybe i haven't honored what the end or the closing of that or the finishing of that one thing mm-hmm.
2: and I think that's where like my experience of endings come in I if I don't have that ending it's really painful like I really I remember because mm. I've moved around a lot and so I've had to deal with a lot of like environmental endings you know like endings mm. from different houses in different countries and just different places and my when we moved I, I've moved throughout my childhood but also throughout my adulthood and when we would move as children my mom would always say like okay now let's say goodbye to the house and we'd go around and genuinely say goodbye to the whole house yeah you know and and really mark those endings as something something important give gratitude mm-hmm. to, to how it's hosted us and you know and I still kind of hold that stuff with me I think it's really important to honor what has been mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I'm so nostalgic as well. I, but, you know then that comes with my own difficulties of letting go.
1: Yeah, well, it's the same with people. you know if we there has been a death of somebody that we love and who's very important to us, it's you know equally as important to to honor them in mm-hmm. that way to keep them you know alive because the death you know it's like the, the relationship has changed. But it hasn't gone away like yeah. you can't kill yeah a relationship yeah it's it still lives within you it changes and you
0: can mark and honor that change yeah and you're only the person you are because of that experience with that relationship mm-hmm, yeah. or journey that maybe yeah. has ended
1: yeah and again with the the river in the middle it's you know using your intuition to figure out what the best way of doing that for you is, knowing that it won't always be easy. Mm. You know, this card is... You know, there's a lot of positivity that can be gleaned from it, but it's easy to kind of, you know, gloss over the difficulties of, you know, some of this deep processing and, Yeah. you know, it's what been- it takes to, to face death, you know. That's a scary old skeleton.
2: Definitely.
0: I was kind of... Well, if all those four figures represent different things, what does what would the figure look like that um, of how you're supposed to be?
2: <laughs> I think it's interesting because I don't know if there is a how you're supposed to be. Yeah, you know, it's almost like uh, these defense mechanisms and ways of being are just ways of coping, mm. and I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I think it's just maybe important to notice. Yeah. And maybe notice the change in that. Because I I guess it's it's grief processes and mourning
0: processes. And And, and that they're all... Maybe if one uh, gets bigger, Hmm. then that's when it could maybe stump you from going forward. So if they're all kind of... If you've got parts of all of it, then maybe you're aware of all the different things that you could experience. And if they're all the similar size, then you can get to the moon (laughs) through Mm. the through the gates columns mm. if you let one rise a bit too, if one rises a bit too much it could maybe hold you back mm-hmm. that's what what I kind of maybe yeah feel I don't know
2: hmm where have you landed, it be
1: yeah I, I kind of um yeah I was thinking about the image of you know the perfect the perfect way to greet death it would, you know, maybe be someone like shaking, shaking his hand or riding on the back, riding on of, the back, back of the horse. <laughs> uh, blowing Like a lip. Putin moment. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Just shirtless. <laughs> um, I, I like the fact that it's a horse, like riding a horse is a nice thing. Well, maybe it's not nice for the horse, um, but it's not like death is on in like this horrible thing that it's coming in. Yeah. It's like riding on a horse so it's mm. like it, it's not a scary
1: thing yeah I've, had... la- I've, I've landed pretty much probably where, where i started like in this nice kind of cyclical thing of like yeah you know i feel the same about death as sort of when i started wondering mm. which one of these figures i, I maybe I identified a lot with with the bishop this kind of like even though he kind of it kind of annoys me in this. It's like he's like, no. "Hello, let me
2: ask you some questions." Yeah, it's like, no, actually, <laughs>
1: yeah. um yeah. There's um, there's a really good book called um, "The Something and Nothingness of Death," mm. which, if anyone's interested in, which has a lot of really interesting meditations that get you to consider what it might be like to basically lose all your senses and to just become this kind of floating ball of consciousness makes you think Whoa. of like sensory deprivation you yeah. know imagine how it would be to see mm. p- pure black no. nothing to see, not be able to me. yeah to not be able to touch anything yeah. go and go go and do a sensory deprivation yeah. i've done one once and what well, is that we well, just you go and you're you can't see anything but it's amazing how your other senses take over and it's like I need more, it's
2: like those floating, floating, floating um, tanks. tanks. Yeah, yeah,
1: oh, weird, that yeah. but out, They can become kind of addictive because, in mm-hmm. their own way, it's like, whoa, this is so different. Mm. And you know, you it's like you can sort of see more internally almost because you can't see anything externally. You can like become like it's really mm. weird. So, yeah, sensory deprivation is kind of where I've landed.
2: Interesting, I I landed. Um, the more I'm looking at this card, this skeleton dude, this horse, the more I'm like, you know, where am I in that? And I kind of, I don't know if I necessarily am there, but where I want to be is I want to be in, I want to dance with it. Like there's some <laughs> kind of weird, like I want to do this weird like jester dance with this card. Like <laughs> me and death are just like moving around being all funky and weird. That's kind of where I am with it. I want to be weird and funky with death.
0: Kind of like. That's the ending that you said you always want—the yeah, the dancing maybe. celebration <laughs> ending. <it's> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind
2: of want to be like, "This was a great life, had a good time." Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. You know, like, I don't know. I wanna, I wanna. I don't like this kind of s- somber. I don't know, weird. You know what it makes? It reminds me of. It reminds me of my. So my dad. <laughs> Beautiful Piscean with some, I'm pretty sure, lots of eighth house energy, is not afraid of death, and he has said he was like at my funeral. I want it to be a party. Like I want everyone to wear like rainbow colors. Like don't don't do black. Don't be all like sad and shit. Like he this is how he talks about it. He's mm. like, <laughs> he's like, please all wear really colorful things. Have a party. Have a celebration. Honestly, like you know, only invite the cool people. Like, you know, he's like, I don't even know if I want to be invited. Like, you know, he just like makes all these jokes, but in a way that's not like, I know he's not avoiding the, the sadness or the loss. He's just embracing the life that has been. And I really respect that. And like very much would like to get to a place where that's how I feel
0: about that. I still am like very scared mm. of death. I feel I mean, like that death. That if there's always a cycle, that, that death always means birth, and that birth is a an amazing can be an amazing thing. So it's not like death ending. It's like okay, what's the next? It's made me think more like that. That's mm-hmm. like, and maybe if people do feel anxious about it, about change or death, that knowing that there's the next thing there like in reach that could be exciting could be even more amazing but that can only come if this thing ends
2: Mm, yeah it blossoms you know Mm. we need to blossom in decay comes more nutrients Mm. and and fertile grounds and blossoming Mm -hmm. and that's that's where we've ended how would we say goodbye as death I jump on my horse <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna jump on the back of the horse <laughs> trot away <laughs> yeah. yeah well thank you so much for listening uh if you would like to leave us a review or like you can comment on all of our instagrams as well we're really enjoying people have been commenting it's really cute and fun i love it we love to hear from you. we guys. love to hear from people uh, that's at solstice london on instagram you can listen to us wherever you're listening to us now that can might be rss.com or that could be apple podcast spotify any other podcast platforms share with your friends engage in conversation and let's say goodbye as death would say goodbye get in loser we're going shopping yeah
0: <laughs> cool thanks guys bye <laughs> bye